Oh, my. Yep. All right. Okay. Join Andrew Wall, Hector Garcia, and Michael Lee. One mission. Change that. Make accounting fun. Welcome to Friday Night Live with Accountants. Are you ready? <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. Yay. Uh, hey, everyone. We're back for another episode. Joining me again, uh, the infamous Brad Salmanis and uh, Niall Carter Gray back once again, keeping her up. And a new guest this week, Nicole Davis, uh, practice owner. Welcome. So welcome. Yeah, great to have you both. Thank you guys, and and thank you, uh, Niall, for staying up, uh, staying up late. I know it's 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 a hard call for you and your family. Um, so I appreciate you doing that and hopefully we can convince you to do that, that more often. Uh, <laughs> Nicole's out East too, though. She's in Georgia. I am. Yes. East and yes, South. Late for her too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She'll you, probably are, get an extra cup of coffee. Yeah. Are you a night owl? I, I am. Unfortunately, yes. Lately I have been, but so this is not too bad. No coffee tonight. <laughs> Oh, I hear the I hear the Atlanta in you now. I like it. <laughs> I spent some time in Atlanta a few years ago. I had a good time down there. Right, Atlanta's fun. It's it's one of my favorite places to go, especially to eat. I've never yes, been. It's good food. Really? I went out for Japanese food of all things. We went to Benihana, wasn't it? Do they have a Benihana there? They do. Yeah. It was good. You went, you went to Benihana in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't wrong know. Thing. You're I can't even remember how we food. ended up there. I think one of my friends Benihana. just wanted to go watch the show, but. <laughs> So here we are. We, we digress. Sorry about that, Andrew. No, that's right. But uh, but before we 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 kick off and do, I think we're probably going to have some discussions. I think about some some deeper conversations today. You know, I think given where we we left off last week, just really starting to get into um, you know some issues around systemic adversity. I'd like to continue that conversation. But before we do that, uh, Nicole, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your practice? Sure. So I am the I'm a CPA and I also founded and own Butler Davis Tax and Accounting right outside of Atlanta and Conyers, Georgia. We primarily deal um, with independent pharmacies. Uh, we also work with construction companies, um, entertainers, attorneys, you know, the whole gamut of small businesses. Um, I started in 2014 full-time. We're staff of four. Um, my husband is my partner and also <laughs> my patient handler. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen yes. I've seen mom and dads work together, uh, and that's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> yes, very interesting. Well, we get along great, so it works. Excellent. And yeah, now, her husband's awesome. I I love her husband. He um, <laughs> he definitely balances her out. Like he yeah he yeah. Nicole's high energy. He's like all right, chill. chill. We he's real chill, <laughs> even chill. Yeah, he, he balances her out really well. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you guys have some background. How long have you you two known each other? Wow, now uh, I guess about 2016, 2015. Uh, yeah, something like that, like 2016. Yeah. Is that like so a QB Connect thing? It was. Yep. Yeah, we officially met at QB Connect. We connected online, so just like you know, the majority of us here, we we meet online, kind of side stalk each other. 
And then we go to these live events and say, oh my God, I finally get that baby. Right. <laughs> oh, I missed that. And they just announced the other day that San Jose is officially dead. So that yep. was kind of a disappointment. But we are encouraged to look out for some unique events that will be occurring. We don't yeah. know what that means, but I am excited to well, see. Having said that, up here in Canada, we have uh, the Get Connected format, which is like QB Connect Lite. And we were supposed to have one in Vancouver in uh, next week. So they're having a cyber version of it. And just today, Intuit asked me to be on a panel with David Marquis, who's the Intuit uh, Canada president. And a few other people, so kind of looking forward Ooh. to that. That's awesome. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Big time bread. And they're sending <laughs> out little swag packs to all yeah, the attendees. I got I've that. seen I them. Yeah. You're signed I up. I just want to go on a record and say that I have gotten one swag pack from Intuit since I've been. Well, if anyone out there is watching, Nicole <laughs> wants yeah, a bag of swag. swag please. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we need is more swag. I don't think I need more swag. I, I've been finding swag in my efforts to clean and declutter. So, ah, yeah. I yeah, should probably do that. Random swag. I'm like, how long have I had these shirts? <laughs> but if it weren't for swag, I I would be running into t-shirt issues right now in COVID because that's what I wear 90% of the time right now. It's so nice to not have to iron and put on a t-shirt. That's so funny. Oh, I, See, swag is like my a, official, sorry, swag is like I'm a like, uniform for me. <laughs> and I'm like the opposite. Like I'm, if I don't have on the good clothes, then I stay in like the dirty clothes for days. So I've been like pajamas and t-shirt. It's just like horrible. I'm like, what day is it? Did I take a shower today? Like, it's bad. Like, I need to be able to get up and put right. on an outfit every I, morning. We get dressed. Yes. <laughs> I had a meeting with my teammate the other day, and it was 4:30 in the afternoon. And I'm like, are you in your pajamas? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And your point is? <laughs> that, that look, out, to be honest, that was me until about seven o'clock this evening. So <laughs> I took a shower and got dressed for this. I, I got to get ready for Friday Night Live. <laughs> well, everybody, everybody's looking sharp except for me. Brad's got the nice haircut. First haircut in six Nine months or whatever it's been. Nicole's got the hair going. Uh, I'm just <laughs> the, one, the one checking out, I guess. I got to get back on that. Come on, Andrew. I can smell you from here. <laughs> I smell like beer. <laughs> but I know uh, having a Corona, the official beer of the pandemic. The official beer of the pandemic. And uh, <laughs> you've got your water as always. As always. Uh, I'm a lightweight these days. So I guess, you know, like I said earlier, I do want to sort of continue that conversation. But truthfully, I don't even know where to begin. I look at this. I, I look at all this news and what's going on. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a loss for what we can actually do. I mean, especially with the government that you guys have down there. It's just so fun. <laughs> it's a protest on police brutality. And all you see are the peace, police being even more brutal. Yeah. Like, so fucked up. I don't, I, I don't know what to say or what to do. I, I'm thankful that I live up here in Canada where I believe it's somewhat better. I'm not naive to think that there are no issues up here. I just think that we don't have the same levels of issues in the police force that you guys do. 
Um, I'd like to believe that maybe we're just nicer as Canadians. Um, well, I hear, I hear stories. I hear stories, but n- not near as widespread as, yeah, as yeah. in the U.S. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact our gun control laws are a bit stricter. So you don't have as much of that fear of that they're going to be packing. But it, I'm sure it happens. I've heard people say the police in Calgary and other cities is, is crooked. Too. So it definitively mm-hmm. happens. I mean, we had a whole issue yeah. in here back here in Toronto around what they were referring to as carding at the time, which is which was effectively racial profiling. So racial profiling definitely <laughs> exists, but I don't think the same level of fear of the police exists in Canada as much because I mean, I don't I don't even remember the last time there was a death at the hands of the RCMP or the Canadian police. I'm, okay. I'm well, I got to correct you there, Andrew. The other day we were, um, we were obviously George Floyd is, is the big name. Say his name, George Floyd. We were also saying, say someone else's name. And I'm terrible with names because I forget her name, but apparently she was murdered in Toronto at the hands of the Toronto police. She ended up being, uh, ended up being thrown from a balcony. They said it was an accident. Do you know about that one? I don't. I'm... Yeah, they we were we were also saying her name a lot, so we were kind of changing it up, and that was mm-hmm. a case that came up a lot. I forget her name, but yeah, there was a case in Toronto, and that that was fairly recently. So, wow. um, there were some angry people out there um, supporting that. Um, another big um, kind of a subgroup of the march in Calgary on Wednesday was Indigenous peoples. They they sort of got in, involved with it, too, because of the issues we have up here with people disappearing. Uh, I know that's an issue in the U.S. as well. So they were kind of marching for their rights, too. But for the most part in Calgary, it was Black Lives Matter. I learned the chants. I, they were in my head for hours. I find myself cheering or doing it still. So, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, inspiring and it helped open my eyes a bit as to what's going on because a lot of the speakers were talking about Canadian situations, but a lot of people brought up the U.S. situation. So it really helped crystallize for me what's going on down there and appreciate it a lot more and realize the plight of, of uh, dark-skinned people everywhere. And, and especially in the U.S. I, I still don't think we comprehend it, Brad. I, I don't think we, we will ever truly comprehend it. Well, there's a point where you have to open your mind a bit. And, and I did hear a lot the other day that made me realize, like a light went on, Andrew, is what I'm getting at. Because I know I, I felt uncomfortable on this, on this um, whole topic because I'm always afraid to say the wrong thing. Right. Yeah, we hear that so, a lot too. Yeah. Being politically <laughs> correct, I'd rather say nothing and then you can come across as being indifferent. And saying nothing and being indifferent is really just as bad as mm-hmm. as exactly. you know, because so if you just let it go, and, and I'm not gonna let it go. I was telling you guys offline before we started that I've been taking a lot of flack lately for my mm-hmm. my stance on social media. I got called a communist today. And Wow. Oh, all kinds of nasty names. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat. I know you don't mind no. the f bombs on here. I know you're I'm a capitalist. Not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. But I'm like, I'm in. I'm in because really, some of the comments like today, someone was saying, "Yeah, that's too bad what happened to George Floyd," but he also had a criminal record, and he probably oh, wasn't God. a very good example for the the cause. And I'm like, oh, which my is God, like, really even though he had that? a criminal record that yeah. still justifies him being killed 
Well, yeah, no. that's like kind of the their two, argument. Right, yeah, and, it's, and it's like those two things do not go together. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's and I know, Niall, you've taken a lot of um, abuse on social media because Andrew and I both saw you in there because people love to come back with the classic, all lives matter. Yes. And yes, they all do matter, but when people aren't understanding, I heard it explained great today on TV. There's a, a, a junior hockey league up here called the Western Hockey League. And all the, the players of color got together to do a big video together. And one guy encapsulated it perfectly. He said, look, Black Lives Matter, just, it doesn't mean we're better or any anything else in any way. We just want equality. We want to be treated like everyone else. That's all we're asking. I, I loved and, your, your cartoon that you put out now with the, with the house burning that, that you remember yeah. that one? I thought that was yeah. a, a great example of like, look, we're not trying to say that by saying black lives matter, we're not trying to say anyone else's life doesn't matter. We're just saying we have an issue here. Ours is the house that's on fire. Right. Our, attention. our life matters too. Yeah. too. Right. And another one reason, is now. Oh, go ahead, Nicole. <laughs> I said, for some reason, people think they're mutually exclusive. Like, they're not. Like, they both can exist in the same world at the same time. It, it comes and from fear. It comes from fear because yeah. the fear is, well, if Black Lives Matter, does that mean that my right. privilege and my safety as a white person is in jeopardy? <clears throat> right. Right. It's a, you know, one of my white friends posted the other day um, when we're saying save the whales, we're not ex not saying well the all the sea life matters. We're we're saying save the whales. Yeah. So essentially, why are we not understanding when we say Black Lives Matter that we're still talking about lives, all yeah. the lives? We're just right. focusing on yeah. the black ones at this particular moment. Yeah, because they're so, the ones who need. They're the endangered species, uh, so to speak, right? Right. Exactly. It also goes back to the value that they place on black lives. So, when you say black, you kind of they have this connotation that it's devalued. It's a devalued life, so that's why it doesn't matter as much. Right. Yeah, I mean, and we even see it in in like fictional characters i remember when chloe got the part the role to play the little mermaid and the internet went nuts yes. because it's a, a young black woman getting ready to play a fictional mermaid mermaid right a mermaid is a real live thing and has to be a white woman right. like it was this huge thing like oh it no she can't big. play ariel right they were threatened to boycott it and everything <laughs> So how do you how do you think how do we move forward how how do we how do we make the world a better place how do we get those ignorant people to get their head on straight can we is is that a battle worth fighting not worth fighting I know Niall, you that you are very active and very vocal um, which takes a lot of courage right because you mm -hmm. you get beat down when you do that right like we we've seen how many trolls are mm -hmm. on you right and I, I've seen the bullshit. <laughs> that you put up with just because you were, you are strong enough to have a voice. Um, is that something that everybody should be doing? And, and no, no, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think, I truly think it, um, everyone plays a role. So like mm -hmm. there are people whose role is to be out in the front lines marching. Right. That's mm -hmm. not my strong suit. I do very well on the back end, making sure everybody's organized, making sure these foundations have money like bail money to bail out anybody gets locked up at, at the protests. I am uh, 
the person who will insert herself to make sure that you see a black person. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I, sometimes I joke and call myself, I'm, I'm the token. It's okay because <laughs> I know I can take the heat. Like I'm very strong-willed. Like, it, you know, I joke and say too that I was born in the seventies. My dad gave me a strong black African name. I can't and wait to your dad. My dad is awesome. And um, he's probably going to, I don't know if he's up now, but he's going to watch this tomorrow and be like, oh my God, you shouted me out again. Like, <laughs> like he, he always loves, and he cyber-stalked me. He's like, he'll send me stuff and be like, I saw this. And I'm like, okay, dad, thank you. I love you. Um, but he, yeah, but he essentially raised me to be an activist in, in some sort of way. I've had to take the punches all my life and I've never been afraid to ask questions. So when I saw someone that looked different than me and I didn't understand something, I would ask the question and then they're like, well, can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, So, you know, like me and you met Andrew and we had deep conversations on the very first day we met and it's like, damn, that never happened. So who do you know that you can have on the very first day you meet them a conversation about race relations? so you know I, in I a comfortable to... way where I never felt threatened I and this is the one of the things that 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 and I'm I, I you know I know that I'm going to say the wrong things all the time and you were just like totally cool with like yeah it's okay you can say the wrong thing I'll tell you mm-hmm. when it's wrong and 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 I'll correct you and and I think that that's something that 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 a lot of people need is to have that comfort that that we can be we can say the wrong thing and it's going to be okay, and we can still have right. a conversation as long as the intent is to is to move the world to a better place. Right. And see, my issue is not with you saying the wrong thing. My issue is with you um, not accepting the correction. So, Brad, yeah. if you say something wrong, and I say, Brad, hey, that was offensive. You're bordering here. Let me help you out. And you go, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it's right. like yeah. your internal. We're trying to justify it. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to reach out to you, Niall, the night before the the march here in Calgary and say, I'm going to my first rally. What do I need to know? Or what do I need to say? Or what don't I say? I was so nervous about, you know, just not representing properly. And uh, you're an inspiration too, is like that, that we, we shouldn't also always be checking in. Right. I mean, that can be right. Like we shouldn't be like, still got to learn though. I think it's just to just do it. And then if someone corrects you, say, oh, I, I didn't recognize. Now I understand. I've learned. Right. I've absorbed. I'm moving forward. And I think that, I, I mean, I've, I've personally heard from people that that constant checking in can also be perceived as a negative. Would you say that's, that's a fair statement? It, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. So, right. you know, all, everybody's Black experience is different. So my experience mm. and the things that I, that matter to me might not necessarily be the same for, say, Nicole. Yeah. So, you know, um, you checking in with me doesn't necessarily mean you're giving the Black experience. You're giving yeah. you're getting Black now experience. Your experience. Yeah. Right. And so I am one of those people, I don't mind the check-in Um you know, every once in a while, I'll be like, hey, I'm, I got other stuff to do. I can't do this right now, but <laughs> I don't mind. To hold your hand. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'll send some resources here. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Look at this. And and you share back, look, I saw this. What do you think about this? One? I don't mind that. But then there are other people who are just like, don't send me a thing. It's your job right. to figure it out. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. you know. I've gotten that a few times where it's like, yeah, it's your job to figure it out. And and I, obviously I know with you, I can I can check in whenever I want, but that's also like we have a, I, I'd like to believe we have a deeper, closer relationship where you-, you We you, do. Yeah, like, so that's, I mean, I think that's hard also for a lot of people to have and find those relationships. Um, so what do people do when they when they don't have those relationships? How do they, how do they do the right thing? How do they get better? How do they eliminate the ignorance that they don't even know they have? So, you, I, you know, I always say oh bond over something that you have. <laughs> well, I, you know, my solution is always to start with something you like. So, Andrew, you and I bonded over technology. Yeah. And, and that isn't a race thing. And yeah. so we started there, which led to trust to be able to have the deeper conversations. Yeah. So if you're looking at your friend circle and your friend circle does it, is just looking exactly like you and you want to get a different perspective, maybe start with the things that you like to do, but look for people who don't look like you, who like those same things. Yeah. yeah. So but going back to your point, some common ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Andrews, going back to your point about those who like don't have someone to reach out to or they don't have that community that where they can lean on or check in with, I mean, it starts with just looking, um, seeing what's around you, what's happening sure. around you, then introspect and taking introspection. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, maybe I need to like check out these black stories, these black history, so yeah. that because maybe my thinking is skewed or it's, it's singular. So. Sometimes you just got to take introspection on yourself and be like, maybe I should take a second look. Maybe yeah. I'm not right. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the, like looking at different things that are in your culture, Just Mercy is a great Black film. Mm-hmm. Um, I per, haven't seen it yet, but it's, it's they good. Are good. Free it's really to good. To rent. Yeah. I, I, What's it called? No, that's, just Mercy. That's, Jeff Mercy. That's just one of the stories Mercy. I didn't know about. Like we have so many stories like that in the Black community where our black males were unfairly prosecuted for crimes they never committed. And then they had to fight to the nail for their innocence. Like the system was totally built against them from the start. So one thing that's really interesting, you guys, um, I'm, I don't think I've ever shared this, but my, um, my mom's husband or my stepfather, I guess, um, is a sociologist, actually fairly well-known sociologist in Canada. He's written a number of books and um, what his his area of expertise is, um, is on um, remorse. And so he's done a lot. Of, yeah. So he's done a lot of work on with the wrongfully accused. Um, and there's this whole, um, and I'm not going to do it justice. So Richard, I apologize. But basically, there's this whole um, association with remorse where in the court system, if you demonstrate remorse, you will get uh, a, a lesser sentence. But the problem is in a lot of the, the, the cases that you talk about where people have been wrongfully accused, they don't show remorse because they didn't do it. They're innocent. Right. They're innocent. And then the book just gets thrown at them. Um, and, and I mean, we all know this. I mean, we may not know the actual statistics, but we all know that the level of incarceration of black people around the world, particularly in Canada and the U.S., is a much higher percentage. And I mean, right. I think that there's it's three to four times higher than, mm-hmm. than what, yeah. if, if I'm It's correct. like, yeah, I think per I looked at them the last time, it's like 45% of the prison population is um, Black people. Right, which is and no- And we only make up 14% of the population. Right. Yeah, it's, there's just fucked, right? Like that. that is like, if yeah. you, that doesn't show you that the system is flawed, that there's right. a problem here, what, what will? 
Right. Um, and and I, like I said, is, is, is the hard part for me is I like I sometimes, and I can't imagine how you guys feel, but I feel hopeless because especially with the, the president that you have, who's just like, let's just get the guns out and put, we need more control. Like what? That's the opposite to what you need to be doing right now. Right. He's you know? a piece of work. Yeah. A, yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing is that, the, the, I guess the one positive thing out of all this is I think that you're getting more people waking up to going more white people or more privileged people or whatever you want to call it, waking up to going, well, wait a minute. There's a real, there's, there's, there's a real issue here that we're not getting. Right. It's a legitimate <laughs> issue. Yeah. It's a, it's a legitimate issue. I mean, like, you know, I guess that's my and only I'm crossing my fingers that it's not a temporary Right, a temporary feeling. Yeah. That it, this feeling well, continues on until it's time well, to vote him out, vote your local people out. Yeah. Go to your council, council people laws, demonstrations, mm-hmm. like all of that matters. Like. Yeah, because so. the problem has been in the past that we have these these issues and we have this awareness, and then it just sort of fizzles. Fizzles out, right? Fizzles out. So, I mean, I think that that's one of the things, and and. Uh, Nio, you'll keep me honest and make sure that I keep this conversation going here um, so that I can at least do my part in in trying to spread the message. And, and I can tell you too, like just within the people that I know, I'm having difficult conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a difficult conversation with my dad who I would not consider a racist man by any stretch of the imagination, but he he couldn't wrap his head around the fact of why people were looting and rioting. He's like, I don't care. It's just wrong. You can't loot. You can't ride. That's just wrong. I don't care who you are, what they've done to you. That's just wrong. Right. And, and I'm like, dad, you, you just, you can't comprehend. Like, and I think Jade said it so well last night, like they're acting like animals because they've been treated like animals. And there's so much anger and frustration that has been built up right. that we can't possibly comprehend. And, and you, 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 compound that with the fact that they've been locked in your house for four months or for two months like that's that's not going to make situations better right nope you know with no. kids too definitely not Check. Yeah. and p- these people some of them have lost their jobs right yep. most of them yep. are on unemployment yep. mm-hmm. so they've been are... looted themselves for their, their 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 livelihood has been looted yep. yeah yeah Wait, it's it's like like you said we this stuff and it's funny that people prioritize the stuff over a man's mm-hmm. life and I, i've like, seen over social media a reframing of that sentence and moving a part of it to the end which re it changes the whole meaning of the sentence right then we're looting instead of this man died yeah. <laughs> if and you they're just really passionate about the looting Good and point. the property destruction yeah. Well, and, yeah. And, and like I said before we got on live, I mean, what's so sad to see is a lot of this devastation and destruction and, and looting is by white people, right? I mean, we're, we're definitely seeing that happen, which is, I mean, just so, so sad for you to derail such an important movement. Right. And but the crazy part to me is I've seen videos of people jumping out of their cars with things like crossbows and chainsaws and really trying to attack the people. Yes, trying to attack the people who are protesting. And it's like, these people have a right to protest. Why are you angry? Because they are expressing themselves. It's a constitutional right, right. Yeah. And how many videos of 
well, I, I mean, I've seen countless videos of, of people saying like, look, we want to keep this peaceful. We're mm-hmm. not, you know, they're, they're, and, and it's, de- it's derailing the conversation. And I mean, there's also that whole, there, there's tons of conspiracy theories out there about, you know, yeah, other factors it. trying to yeah. Yeah, who's doing yeah. it. Um, and, and I, I don't know whether that's true or not true, but what I can tell you is that is clearly derailing and sidelining the conversation and not keeping us focused on the facts of the issue, which are real that police brutality in the States, particularly against black people is at an unreasonable level that right. cannot be tolerated. I mean, body cams were supposed to be a, 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 an answer and they're not because they can just turn them off and on whenever right. they want. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so what, wh- how do we, how do we do that? Like, how is there not a rule that your body cam must be on 100% right. of the time? I think it should be grounds, no. grounds for termination. I think that if it you turn be. it off for whatever reason, unless the battery dies or you got a valid right. reason, there right. should be no reason why you should ever turn it off. That's how they skirt around it. That's yeah. It protects them too, right? Because mm-hmm. let's face it, you know, we saw that case in New York City where that, that gentleman was out, wanted to go watch birds and that lady was watching or walking her dog. And as soon as she got the phone on the police, she had to emphasize it was an African-American man. And oh my God, he's threatening me. She, she weaponized it, her tears. That's yes. what we call that. So she was able to leverage that. And it was just, it, that bothered me. So if somebody tried to do that to a, a police officer and they've got their, their camera on, it's like they just sit there and let it happen because then there's, they've got evidence too. So I think it protects right. everyone. I think they should be mandatory and turning them off should be considered grounds for dismissal or mm-hmm. have a policy that makes it really super restrictive that you have right. to have a very valid reason to turn it off and maybe document that reason before you turn it off. I, I, th- right. I think it should never ever be off. And I think yeah. that if your camera goes off, you should be obligated to return, like to step off duty and return until your body camera is charged again. That should just be- a Or have an extra battery or a system that you know has backup and never turns yeah. off. Well, although mm-hmm. the, the thing is, though, like, I mean, we like to believe that that's just the answer. And, oh, yeah, now body cams. What, but, like, body cams are never going to answer all the angles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's one thing to help, I would hope. Um, I mean, also, like, like, let's look at, like, someone was telling me, maybe it was even you, Brad, that the level of training to become a police officer is less than the level of training, like, takes less time than the training to become a fucking barber. In, in some American states, it's like a really? 12 week program, and you're you can become a police officer in 12 weeks. Oh, really? I mm. didn't know that. Someone, Man, and, me you know, unverified fact. I'm like, unverified fact. I'm gonna say that right now, but I'd love to know. Like, let's look at what does it take? What are the qualifications for people to become a police officer? How much I think it varies, and yeah. it does vary. Yeah, I think it varies. I've known some people that are cops. I've known some cops and it's pretty hard work to, to get into the academy and the training and not everyone makes the cut. But again, that's, but that's here in Canada. That's here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, um, the question is, is there a, should there be a federal standard of the level of training required to be a police officer? I think one of the things we need to look at before we even get to the police officer thing is, is recognizing our internal biases. A lot of us don't realize that we have them. So there are these free test 
called the Implicit Association Test. Um, you can just Google it, Implicit Association Test, IAT, and take the test and it'll uh, help you realize some things that you didn't realize uh, you were biased yourself? about. Yeah, and it, they have different ones. So, you know, we can, you can look at race, you can look at size, you can look at sexual orientation. Um, and I say size because, you know, there's a, always the thin fat argument, right? We, we, we go there, right. we, we look at people who aren't, who aren't small and automatically have disdain for them sometimes. So there's all these biases we internally have that we outwardly express and don't realize that that's what we're doing. So yeah. before so no matter whether you're a police officer, police officer, an accountant, or you know just working at Teacher, the local Starbucks, president, <laughs> or, or walking a dog, right? right? You have these biases that are built up inside of you, and you you they come out at inopportune times, and, right. and then you do like the the Miss Cooper and try to weaponize your tears because you have this right. bias, that, right? And that lady worked in financial management or insurance yes. or something like that. And I'm she like, good job. Man. Yeah, uh -huh. good job. Wall Street. She worked on Wall Street at, a, at a, yeah, one of the investment job. firms. Yeah. Yeah. And so Former she's looking job. at this, yeah. this black man. So I'm sure she right. has clients that look like him. Mm -hmm. And so whatever she's feeling about him had to come out with these clients in some kind exactly. of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that that's one thing we, we, we all need to do. Take a step back. What am I biased about? Right. Because the reality is we don't know. We, yeah. We don't we know. We don't, right. Yeah. And I know that like where I've, I've fallen on my um, face is, is, is my own biases, thinking that I have a little bit more understanding and then realizing, like you said, Maya, like everyone has their own experiences. Mm -hmm. So I sit there, I, I had a conversation with my, one of my staff members. Well, like uh, there was a couple of my staff members. One was brown, one was black. And I said, guys, would you be willing to share with me like what racist experiences that you guys have dealt with in your life? And surprisingly enough, the, the um, uh, Rachel who works for me, who's black said, you know what? I've actually only really had two significant racist experiences in my life. And the brown guy who I thought um, would have less issues uh, because we have a much larger brown population in Ghana was like he had he had more experiences talking about being called a packy and stuff like that and 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 what I can tell you is both of them their experiences were when they traveled to the states. Now, <laughs> um, Rachel, she said her her two big issues were uh, when she went to I think I think she said it was Detroit and then another mm. one when she went to Germany. Oh, Germany, I could yeah. see. Yeah. She she was like, I was prepared for it in Germany. I wasn't prepared for it in, in Detroit. Right. Yeah. Especially uh, since yeah. it's right across the line. Yeah. It's right on the U.S.-Canada border. You can't get any closer. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it, it just like, I, I mean, again, that showed my level of bias. I, I was just assuming that Rachel was going to have so much <laughs> more, more to deal with. And she's like, no, not me. It also be how she was raised up. Like we were talking the other day about how like we have different experiences. For me, I grew up in a predominantly black community. So I went to black elementary, middle, high school, and college. So I was well insulated where I didn't interact with a lot of yeah. quote unquote racist people. Um, whereas, you know, people who 
who aren't in, who are in more integrated areas, they definitely may have more of those experiences because you got those different personalities, you got those different races, you got those different perspectives. So yeah, I can definitely see how how you're raised or where you're raised um, affects yeah. your experiences as well. So. And that's so weird to me that there's just that still that level of segregation that exists in the South, right? Yeah. Even though it's not like <laughs> it's deep, right? Like, cause yeah. you gotta understand, I live in Toronto, which is one of the most multicultural cities in the world. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I can't even comprehend that when I, when I went to school, I had every color under the fucking rainbow, like, mm-hmm. and gay people, and gay people, like, like, that's just what I knew. Yeah. And, I went to school, all black people too. Yeah. Until I went to, and I you lived in, in yeah, I in but then, yeah. <laughs> and, but I moved to Richmond for middle school for a couple of years in middle school. And I had an uh, Indian girl as one of my best friends. And um, so she was like the closest to a non-black person yep. that I was really cool with. And um, coming back to Baltimore after living in um, Richmond, one of the things I was super smart, like I've always loved school. And so I got put into these programs where I got to be around people who didn't look like me. So that's when I got to see these white people who I was like, well, I'm not going to see you again. So let me ask you all the crazy questions I want to ask you in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, bias coming out, you know, I asked one of them, I remember this, why do white people wear corduroys in the summer? It's like, (laughs) Corduroys are made for the winter. Why do you wear them in the summer? He's like, they're comfortable. And like, then he's like, <laughs> like he, he had an answer. And he's like, right. well, how do you get your hair so hard? Or how do you get it to stand up like that? Sure, I'm like, right. it's the hair. It's like, it stands up. What are you talking about? So it's like all of these things. I love when those you, conversations happen, right? Like we can just right. ask, we can be like, we can ask the question. Why? And that's the beauty of children. Yes. They, yes. they don't have these stigmas. They'll just go right to the root of and no filters. Yeah. No. And that, and and I think that that's a, maybe a bit of the problem right now, is mm-hmm. is that we we have now been in this environment where everything has to be politically correct, and we've got so many filters that how many I can, I can't tell you how many white people I know who are afraid to ask questions because it's have not, you guys seen the Ben and Jerry statement that no, Ben and Jerry put out? It, and if you're talking about somebody without a filter Ben and Jerry's gets it like they are like F the police Black Lives Matter like Ben and Jerry's Ben and Jerry's put out a statement and literally I am sure they're going to lose some customers because they were very powerful in what they said it it was really like we don't care if you you vote for Trump we're not your people right um so you know i i tell people it's whatever you're feeling it's okay put it out there this this Mm -hmm. is how you feel like you 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 want to say something but you you don't know what to say say i don't know what to say i am emotionally i am torn you know say that it's okay you don't have to Mm -hmm. feel paralyzed or stuck we we understand this is a Crazy New time. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, so have you guys seen the, the DC, what the DC mayor did with the street? Oh, that I was a brilliant. Said, that said, was I brilliant. Wanted, I want to um, escalate to that level of pettiness. <laughs> I said, I said like, like two. 
I missed it. Can someone fill me in? It's like two or three blocks, right? How it many blocks did they paint? Black Lives Matter is painted in the middle of the street all the way up to the, the whole White road House. is covered. Yeah. She named the street Black Lives Matter. Wait. Yeah, she changed the name of the street. Changed the name of the street. It's like Pennsylvania Bo or Pennsylvania what? Avenue, where the White House has got changed what? to Black Lives Matter. I love that when when Nia likes something, we get the side turn. She's like, <laughs> no, I was brilliant. I saw it on the news just before we came on, and it, I, well, I felt one. pride because I thought that is the best way yes. to just say, look, this is a she this is like, a movement. Yeah. Oh, he's angry at her. He he put out some angry tweets earlier. Yeah, there it is. Nice. I like it. I like he it. put out some angry tweets earlier about her, and good for her. Yeah. yeah. Can you see yeah. it? That's Andy? brilliant. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. It's a great. It's like a few blocks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was. I love it. I love it. I was like, uh, okay, okay. That's right. how you do it. You want to piss somebody off? Like, take my paint on the front of that street. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so see how we're celebrating? We love, that was a, a bold face exclamation point, right? It wasn't a period. Yeah. It wasn't a comma. It was an exclamation point. We're making a statement. This is it. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I noticed too that a lot more, a lot more people and organizations are speaking out now. Even the NFL, like they finally Ooh, that one today. <laughs> finally, it's about no, time. Finally, it's been four years. Man, the NFL. I hope they get it together because they are about to lose seventy-five percent of their players if they do not get it together. Andrew, did you see the video? No, probably not. <gasps> Andrew, all a, a whole lot of the NFL football black football players got together and made a statement, and basically their statement said, "We tried to kneel, y'all, y'all forbid it. Yeah. But right now we are telling y'all that Black Lives Matter because seventy five percent of your players are African Americans. Yeah. So get it together. Mm -hmm. So if they don't get it together, that NFL is going to lose tons of money." What does get it together mean? What 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 are the what are the expectations? What do they want to see the NFL do? Acknowledge that there is a racial issue and do something to change it. Stop treating the black players as pawns on chess on the chessboard. Like Kaepernick protested peacefully and they had a problem with it. He got banned, basically blackballed from the league. Yeah, yeah. fired. Blackball can't get another job. Yeah, and that's because they're behind the scenes, like. We don't want this N-word messing up everything. Right. Silence him. Yep. Right. So it's like, we're good enough to play, but we're not good enough to respect. Yeah. Like how many of the NFL owners are Black or African-American? Very small percentage. I don't, I couldn't yeah. give you another. I think there are yeah. any. Uh, Jay, all I know is Jay Z has some type of deal with the NFL. I don't even know <laughs> if he is a, a owner at this point. I know that he has some type of media collaboration he's doing with them. But in your boardrooms, you don't have a black person in your boardroom. But yeah. all your players are black. You you won't oh, understand right. what their players' needs are until you get somebody in there that looks and can Represent speak their language. Them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean that's where we get into the systemic issues, right? Is right. that until we have 
a higher representation of black people in power, we're going to continue to have the issues. I mean, I guess the one thing is, that, I mean, it has gotten marginally better, marginally. Better. Um, I, I don't think that anyone can would sit there and go. <laughs> so Nicole said, hey, hey. No, no, it's not. Hey, hey. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out where, where, where has it gotten? Uh, what, so what I can tell you is uh, there, there's a, there's a gentleman I was trying to, there's a gentleman I was trying to get on the on on the show, um, and hopefully he'll 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 come back on. Um, he was my sister's boss at Rogers, one of the biggest telecommunication companies in Canada. Um, so like I mean, as as high up as you can get at one of the largest companies in Canada, black man. Now. I, and I don't even know if it's okay to share the story, but like some like <laughs> reason I wanted to, I'm gonna do it. So I'm hope forgive me if you watch. But one of the things, so he's very very successful. So think like Sasan Gadarzi levels of success, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, very wealthy, very successful, lives in the nicest neighborhood in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, so the reason I wanted to get him on the show was to share this story, which I'm gonna share anyways. And so my sister told me about when his kids turned 16 he bought them cars and the very first thing that he did is he went he took them down to the police station and he said these are my two children <laughs> these are their cars they're going to be driving around forest hill in these cars don't pull them over <laughs> and i was like wow like i never know like and i know some families some wealthy families in toronto white family <laughs> would never have to do that Mm -hmm. No, right. Like, and then you know, there's a police in that dish in that station who said, "Who does he think he is? I, exactly. I, don't let me see those kids because I'm gonna pull them over." Yeah, they're gonna test it. Yeah, that's the. You can't win. You're damned if you do. You're no. damned. If you don't, right? So it's just terrible that they even has to think of that. Sorry, go, go Nicole. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. No, no, I was just. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I kind of lost Andrew's my point, train of thought. Yeah. Now, it's going back to Andrew's point about he said, has it marginally gotten better? I, I am going to agree with Naya. I don't see where it has gotten better. I think when we see whether black people or the brown people that have had some marginal success, those are mm. outliers. Yeah, they're still like, out. I don't think, you're right, they're still outliers compared to the trends, compared to what the norm is. So, like, it just, just look at we're in the accounting industry. Look at the accounting industry. Yes. Good but example. It's still White males. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean I even look at, the, look at the conferences you attend. Look at the speakers. And that's why I loved what you had when, when, when you had that. I was so amazed and so um, I thought you did such an amazing job with that when you had that meetup at QB Connect. And, and you had like that's the most black people I've ever seen at QB Connect ever, and I guess it's only because you had them all in one place that it actually. And I missed it. <laughs> How many people were yes, at that? Sixty-seven. At least a hundred. No, it wasn't a hundred, Brad. It it felt like it, but it looked it wasn't. like it. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I let me be completely honest. That was the most most number of black people I've ever seen together at QuickBooks Connect myself. Yeah. When I put it together in my mind, I was like, oh, about 20 people going to show up. So when I was running late and I pulled around that corner and saw that many people, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was, surprised. I was surprised. I was happy. I was so amazed. I was honored that they showed up. Like that was, that made QuickBooks connect for me. Yeah. And so like one of the 
things I'm sad about this year being canceled, we don't get to do that again. And, and see it um, at a hundred, at a hundred and a hundred. Yeah. Right. And so Andrew showed up because he chose to put himself in an uncomfortable position by being the minority in the room. And that was thanks to and, Michael Lee. He was yeah, thanks to Michael Lee. Um, but Michael got to see how we were interacting. I mean, not Michael. Andrew got to see how we were interacting. Then we put his height to work, made him yeah. take our picture. <laughs> it's a great photo. You took that. It was Andrew. a really good photo. That was one yeah. of my favorite photos that I saw at QuickBooks Connect last year. It was excellent. And and I actually found myself afterwards because Andrew was really super animated after he was down there with you guys. He came back and he told me what he did and how how cool it was. And you, Andrew, you had you had this glow about you, and I thought, wow, that, that looked really cool. And then I saw the photo; it was I liked it. it I, I, I thought it was amazing. I wasn't even there. Again, yeah. I, I sort of thought too. Again, highly white-dominated profession. I, right. I expected to see probably twenty or thirty people, and I strolled up there and I was like, wow, nice. That's oh, it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice work. Yeah, and, yeah. And, the thing is, and it was a great dialogue and conversation. And again, hearing like a vast array of experiences and, you know, from people just starting out to people who with years of experience and um, just having an open dialogue, just like we do with all the other things that we do in our community, right? But mm -hmm. uh, it was it was great to see that because you don't ever, ever see that. It doesn't happen. Yeah. The, the only other thing I've seen it is is with the Latin community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Latin community is very strong. Like they, they are. They yeah. are strong. Like the Latin, the what's the name of their tax office? Latin. Latin tax it was Latin tax. Pro, tax yes. They have conferences, right? They right. have, and their conference grew so fast. I'm so impressed with how they stick together and mm -hmm. and develop support each and, other. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I work. I, yeah, I'm. I'm modeling after them trying to build something just like it because they are awesome like yeah. mm -hmm. i think it's amazing yeah so but you should, you should create one yeah yeah now you gotta create your own your own conference well she sort of is i am yeah i'm working on it I'm working well, on that's right sorry Details i forgot yeah i forgot <laughs> it's it's fine let's sneak peek yeah. Follow me yeah. on social media to hear more. <laughs> to find out more. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> so, so you know, we have homework this weekend, right? We're you're, we're all watching Just Mercy. Just Mercy. I watched it already. Just Mercy. Oh, night. you did. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Is it on Netflix? It's. I think it's no. Oh, it's, it's not Hulu. on Netflix. Yeah. It, oh, it might on, be on Amazon. Amazon Prime. Okay. Okay. So Prime and Redbox. I think Redbox is giving it free too. Yeah. Just Mercy, 2019 film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at you smile when you say Michael G. B. Jordan. <laughs> oh, as you know, Michael B. Jordan is he's he's one of our great Americans. Yeah, he, that's right. Uh, we about that yeah. yeah, he's one of yours. Oh yeah. yeah. I you know, I just like watching him from from the wire moving yeah. on up. It's it's just kind of amazing. Like you started on a sh on a sitcom about my city. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so is he not from Baltimore? He was just on the mm. show. He just no. on the show. He's uh, not from Baltimore. I think I he's an actor. Care. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 
I don't know why I was thinking he was actually from Baltimore originally. No, but it's a there are tons of people in the show who live in Baltimore or local and from Baltimore. Yeah, but on, I don't think any of the main characters were um, from Baltimore. But they hung out here, and and I got to hang out with some of them. Really? Uh, yeah, like Michael K. Williams used to hang out all the time. Me, me and him used to hang out in the club. He's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, he is. And um, Andre Royal, I used to love hanging out with him too. I I was a party girl, so we used to go hang out with the club. From the way you dance, girl, you were a party girl. Ah! Yes. Yes. Even though you're drinking water now. (laughs) Look, I was drinking water then. It's funny. When I go, my drink of choice is ginger ale with a fleshy cranberry juice. It's because it looks like a drink, so nobody asks you, you want something to drink? Yeah. Um, Because if you drink water, like, what? What's wrong with you? Have you never, ever... Like me. Did you never, ever drink, Niall? I did. So for my 21st birthday, I went um, to this comedy club, you know, one of those places where you get all... You know, free admission, you just have to pay for two drinks. Buy a drink. And all my friends bought the drinks and gave them all to me. So oh. by the end of the evening, I was extra tipsy. <laughs> so I realized that day that there are three tri- types of drunks in the world happy, sad, angry I am the sad drunk oh. <laughs> so no, that was the day I was like nope, we'll never do this again Mm-mm. I was in I love like it was bad it was bad <laughs> how about you Nicole, do you like to have a drink? I do, I have a couple of drinks because I have Lots of kids. <laughs> How many kids do you have, Nicole? Five. <laughs> five kids? Yes. Wow. Five what are the kids. ages? One, six, seven, 21, 22. Wow. So you got one in diapers. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so I surprise, baby. Yeah. We, <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> you staying up late tonight. <laughs> Wow. Um, so believe it or not, we're at 1154 already. So we're somehow the time once again flew by. I'd like, I'd like to close it out. Maybe just go around the horn with um, maybe one last suggestion on how we could make an effort in some way or shape or form to, to make the world a better place and recognizing that there's something that everyone can do um, to support the Black Lives Movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, and recognize that, you know, we all need to play a part. And it can be from something small to donating to a charity, um, to something large like being on the front line, to something in between. Um, so, Nicole, why don't we start with you? What, what would be the number one ask that you would have of anyone listening to the show of, of what they could do to make the world a better place? I would probably go back to my whole introspection thing. Like everybody can do this actually. Ask yourself, is it <clears throat> with me disagreeing or not disagreeing or agreeing with the whole Black Lives Matter movement? Does it personally help me or hurt me or it has no effect on me? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if it's not hurting you, then what what make a bit think about it? Like it's not harming you in any way. It's not hurting you in any way. So, I mean, if you don't agree with it, 
you ain't got to make a big fuss about it and say all, and scream all lives matters at the top of your lungs. Just be quiet. Just yeah. don't say nothing. Yeah. Just <laughs> You're not contributing the to the cause. Right. You're yeah. not contributing to anything by doing that. So yeah. I have to say self-introspection, just introspection. Like, ask yourself, like, can I help or, or am I hurting yeah. most people? But find so they no, can actually help. So know, know when to step back. Yeah. I, I think there's also like we're obviously seeing a lot of that where everyone feels the need to to say something and be involved, which is obviously important. And some sometimes the best thing is just owning your role and knowing that it's not your time to speak up. Right. I think Niall, right. one of the things that you really um helped me to understand is one of my big jobs is to make sure that I highlight um, people of color and make sure that sometimes I need to step back, which I have a hard time with, right? Like everyone knows I, I can't shut up. I like to talk. <laughs> I want to hold the mic. Sometimes I need to step back and make sure that I'm giving the floor to other people. And I know I'm not, I'm not great on that. Um, but that's certainly one of the things that I, I, I know that for me, it's, it's recognizing that sometimes I need to know when to step back and out of the light to give other people the opportunity to shine. Um, so I think that that's, that's one of my takeaways. Uh, Niall, how about yourself? So uh, there are always people who feel like, I don't know what to do. So I always tell them, put your money where your mouth is. Um, donate to a charity, shop black. There are tons of black local vendors in your area, or you can shop online, find some black boutiques. Um, culturally immerse yourself in something that does not look like you. Watch a show that features and stars all Black cast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, learn about our stories. There are tons of documentaries on Hulu that are about the Black experience. So just, you know, come out of the bubble and realize that there are other people in the world. Even if you live in a rural area, um, and then find some empathy because the other thing is people are screaming all lives matter because they don't see themselves or anyone that they're close to in the movement. But if you're a friend of mine or you've had conversations with me and you say you respect and love me, then imagine me as the person who's being harmed and then feel connected to that in some mm -hmm. kind of way. And so instead of saying all lives matter, say that could have been my friend Nayo. How about you, Brad? Um, you know, I'm I'm proud of you first of all for for going to that march. Me too. Uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and I, I'm proud of you for for taking it to Trump, even though normally you know I I usually like to stay out of the, the politic political issues, um, but but I think that you know what's going on down in the states is is just yeah. mad. Well, right now, what, what Nio just said about educate yourself, that's important, I think. I, I definitely mm -hmm. want to watch that movie you suggested, Just Mercy. I've searched it. I'm going to figure out where to find it. But on that topic of protest, these, I think the protests are going to continue for a little while. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the final funeral services next week in Texas, he's tomorrow in North Carolina. Um, I, I hope that these protests continue and they, they show up in more cities. And just a quick little um, bit I heard tonight on a, a podcast as I was uh, coming home. Um, 
there's a, a legislator in the US, he's the minority leader for, it's either Alabama, it's a red state, deep red. Senator Booker? It, it's not Booker, it was down okay. in Alabama. It's not a senator, he's a state assemblyman, whatever, oh, okay. and he's the minority leader. Um, he's he's African-American and he said what he was really inspired by is he's going to these, he went to a protest in Alabama or wherever it was. And he said, traditionally, he's used to seeing these, these protests and there's only black people in the crowd. He said, mm -hmm. it blew him away how many white people are showing up to these and not just sitting there, but making noise, showing support, following Jumping with the chance. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah. I kneeled so many times uh, the other day in the middle of the street and it felt powerful. I felt empowered and inspired so if you get the opportunity if there's a, a protest in your in your city definitely go down show support make some noise and you'll get inspired because you know it is a good thing to do um i think it's cathartic right now because i think the u.s has gone through so much yeah. in these last four years but definitely with coronavirus and mm. all the unrest it's it was cathartic I think it's cathartic. So get out there and and see what it's all about and educate yourself. Yeah, and I, I agree 100%. Get out there, be part of the um, movement. And I love what what Nio says is like, put yourself between your between the police and the people who need your support right now. Yes. But do not tag walls. Do not cause destruction. Do not give anyone Ooh. any reason to take the conversation away from where it right. needs to be which is on racism and right. let's keep this conversation going and thank you guys again for joining us we'll be back next friday we'll see everyone shortly bye for now <laughs>